right, welcome once again, folks, to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. Again, I am Russ Salzberg, today joined by my buddy Lance Meadow, and we want to remind everybody that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented to you by Coors Light, so download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout the 2018 season, and um, it is what it is, you know, it was a heck of a good first half, pretty much, <laughs> for 28 minutes. I, I should say 29 minutes and about uh, 50 seconds, whatever it was. But, um, you know, Lance, the way I look at it, and, and you know this, we were talking about it, folks, a bit off the air. I'm anxious to hear what you guys have to say. But we, we were talking about it. The minute that ball was intercepted at the end of the second half, good pass, bad pass, whatever you, you think, you knew right away the way the media and, and and folks, I get it. No excuse for Eli with the pass. You can talk about play calling. You can talk yeah. about coaching. You can talk about everybody. But Eli's not allowed to make a mistake. You knew what the narrative was going to be the minute that ball was intercepted. After two games of a respite, if you will, it was back to the same old thing. Here we go. When are we going to make the change? It's, it, it's becoming silly, quite frankly. Well, when a team loses a game, I think it's easy to then play the point the finger at a player game and also utilize the scapegoat argument to determine who's at fault. But I agree with you, Russ. I think if you look back at that game, huge turning point, you're at the Philadelphia 27, and it's not so much the decision-making, whether it was Pat Shermer's play calling, whatever it be. It was a missed opportunity to put points on the board. That's how I look at it. And if you lose a game by three points, Russ, 25-22, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to kick would have been a 44-yard field goal for Oldrick Rosas, who had a very good game, right. considering he kicked a field goal of 50-plus yards. You say, hey, you like your chances. Rosas comes through, kicks the field goal, and maybe this game goes to overtime. Who knows how the second half is going to play out under those circumstances, but the way you have to look at that opportunity is a missed opportunity to put points on the board, aside from whose bad decision it was, coaching, play-calling, uh, uh, quarterback, and so forth. I, I'm with you on that. You, you, oh, you're always going to look back at missed opportunities. You're always going to do that. But the Giants went into halftime down, excuse me, up 1911. They weren't down 1911. They were up 1911. And, you know, the reason I, I mention this about you knew what the storyline was going to be, the narrative once they made, you know, Eli was picked off there. I did not read or hear any place. All the talk was about the play calling, about Eli, uh, uh, Odell questioning Sherman, which w- w- was not really true. Uh, Odell was asked about the play calling, and he said, well, that's the coach's decision. You know, you asked the coach on that. So right away, that was a, a, um, automatically it was like, Odell or then Sterling Shepard was questioning the coach. There was no talk to me, and I mentioned this to you when we met today, there was no talk whatsoever about the poor tackling by the giant defenders. It was abysmal. It, it was just awful. There was no talk about that. And, and I don't know, like, it, in fairness, I don't know how that was swept under the rug. Is it just because everybody has an agenda to let's, get Eli or let's get this because, and I brought this up to you, I, I couldn't remember the plays. It happened at the end of the first half. On that touchdown, 
on the, the Ertz, Zach Ertz uh, touchdown. Okay. Yeah. Before two plays before the Zach Ertz touchdown, uh, I think from their thirty-two yard line, uh, they had a sixteen-yard gain, a pass to Goddard. Let me tell you something. Between the pass to Goddard, then there was a one-yard Josh Adams, Josh Adams one, and then it was a fifteen-yard touchdown to Ertz. I think there must have been six or seven broken tackles on both those passes. You are less than a buck and a half left in the first half. Make sure you tackle the guy. Make make him excuse me. Make him settle for a field goal. That to me, I was screaming watching that. Well, there were defensive breakdowns on that drive, and remember the Carson Wentz. Zach Ertz touchdown, it goes down as a 15-yard play. It was really about a four-yard pass to Zach Ertz. That's my point. He forced one guy to miss, and then he split through two other guys and got into the end zone. So, point well taken there, Russ. No well, argument. Let, let me correct myself for one second. I, I, one exception. Landon Collins played his ass off. Landon Collins was tackling and, and led the team in tackles all over the place. So, yeah, I'm not talking about Landon Collins. But a lot of guys, it was very, very poor shoddy tackling. And I'll tell you what, that wasn't even brought up in any of the criticism that I've seen for the last two days. Well, when you look at why the Giants lost this game, clearly it was a tale of two halves for the offense. It goes without saying. They ran 22 plays in the second half for us. I I love how everybody goes about the play calling. There were barely any opportunities. The offense was barely on the field because you went three and out more often than not, or even when you had a five-play drive, it was stalled as a result of penalties. The four possessions that they had in the second half, I'm eliminating the last one, Russ, because the last one, you're in desperation mode. You're trying to get in field goal range to tie the game. So on the four previous possessions, they had at least one negative play on all four of the possessions. They were going backwards more so than they were going forwards. You had a drive where Eli was sacked. You had a drive where you had two penalties against the offensive line, one of which was declined, but then you had a negative run by Wayne Gallman. Then you also had another drive with an Eli Manning sack, and then you had a delay of game penalty. So you had either procedural issues, offensive line issues, protection issues, the lack of a running game on all four of those possessions, and they faced third and 18, third and 18, third and 10. So people want to talk about, well, why didn't the Giants give the ball to Saquon Barkley? Why didn't they run the ball in the second half? I mean, there were barely opportunities to do that, given the fact that the offense wasn't on the field and the offense was facing third and long after third and long. Second thing I want to add to what you were talking about from a defensive perspective, what was the big thing we talked about over these last two games, Russ? Plus six in turnover differential. Turnovers are fluky. Turnovers overshadow true problems within a unit. And this defense, and James Betcher, I'm going to quote, the defensive coordinator following the bye rush, he came out and he said, the two things this Giants defense has to do, they've got to get off the field on third down, and they've got to get after the quarterback. Well, when you have four takeaways against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though you gave up 500 yards and 35 points, you changed field position with those takeaways. You took pressure off your offense. Now we move the calendar forward one week, not one takeaway. Few sacks, three sacks, not necessarily game-changing sacks. And then you've got nothing to turn back to to cover up the inability to get off the field on third down and the inability to stop the run, which was a major issue in this game. There was that one drive, Russ. They went seven plays, 61 yards. The Eagles ran one screen play. The other plays were running plays. Ran and marched right down the field. Well, that that goes in line to what I was saying. That's a very good point about, about the turnovers. But also, like I say, it goes in line... I thought the tackling was just. I mean, this is the NFL. Head, yeah. This is the NFL. This, uh, not this. T- t- it's not flag <laughs> football. 
I, I was really disappointed in that you know, of everything that happened. Because see, I look at an interception. Yeah, it was a bad interception. But you were up nineteen eleven. Okay, you weren't down nineteen eleven. You were up. So to look at that as the reason you lost the game. Okay, yeah. Okay, an opportunity to score points. I get it. You know, I mean, we could go back. I'm not going to nickel and dime that because I'm not nickel and dime. And like, like Odell said, you know, where you interfered with in the end zone. Yeah, he was. Okay. F- f- missed opportunity. Well, and, I mean, and, listen, the Eagles could argue that too, that there were some what? missed calls. Well, that's I what mean, I'm saying. Everybody could do that. So, so, I mean, you can talk about everything's a missed opportunity. The bottom line was they were up 19-11 at the half. <laughs> they had 346 total yards. So don't tell me they Eli and, and the offense couldn't move the ball. Uh, yeah, they had 346 yards in the first half, Russ, and then they had 56 in the second right. half. So it's it's hard to get points on the board when you only have 56 total yards of offense and you're barely on the field because of penalties and negative plays. Yeah, it, it was. Well, the, the way the way that I would describe it, Russ, is the first half from an offensive standpoint was a continuation of what we saw at the tail end of the Niners game and the entire Bucks game, right? The offense being able to put together a yeah, drive yeah, score. Oh, yeah. The team that showed up in the second half was the team that we saw in the first six or seven games of the season that was able to move the ball at times, stalled in the red zone, move the ball at times, then all of a sudden have to move backwards as a result of penalties. The offense that was plagued by issues in the first half of the season unfortunately showed up again in the second half of the Eagles game and cost them in the end. No, no. It did. The only thing, like I say, I'm going to keep repeating myself. Um, th- that was the worst tackling I had seen from the Giants team all season. And I don't, don't, I can't explain it. Maybe I'll get more answers during the week, but I, I couldn't understand why. It just was flat out poor tackling. You want to talk about missed opportunities? Those were missed opportunities to keep the opposing team out of the end zone. That's what that was. What do you say we open up the phone lines? 201-939-4513 is the number. Russ Salzberg and Lance Meadow here with you. Let's go to our friend in Canton, New York, Dylan. Hello, Dylan. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Good. Doing all right, Dylan. What do you got for us? Um, well, the first thing that I'll mention, but I don't talk about it too much, but as you guys mentioned, I thought the officiating was poor, but on both sides. Yeah. I think a lot of calls were pretty questionable. Um and another thing, the, there's a lot of crucial penalties I saw on Sunday. Um, there was one on special teams, Michael Thomas. He had the hold that brought him back to, I think, the 10-yard line. Yeah, back to start. Up. And uh, there was one drive where it was first down. I think Nate Solder was called for the false start. That dropped him back to first and 15. That was in the second half, uh, yep. Yep. And then the one I, I remember was, Saquon Barkley, I don't remember if it was a, a run or a pass that he caught, but he had a, uh, I think it was almost like a 20-yard gain, and that got brought back due to a holding call. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like you guys said, I mean, self-discipline is very important no matter what level of play you're on, and um, it's disappointing to see, you know, the penalties that keep happening, and it, it brings execution down and brings you back instead of forward. Um, and then obviously, like Russ was saying, the missed tackles, um, I couldn't believe a lot of the missed tackles I was seeing. And even luckily we got one sack by Mario Edwards, but Carson Wentz almost escaped Vernon and I believe it was B.J. Hill. He almost got out of that. 
and but luckily Edwards is able to bring in the sack. But one uh, play that I thought almost could have been game changing was. Um, Grant Haley was playing man coverage on Golden Tate. I, I, go ahead. Be, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Yeah, that that bubble screen. If I I was I, I wish he would have turned his head just in time to see that ball coming because gone I think gone for six. six. You're right. You're, you're right. You remember that play? No, I remember that exact play. I mean, he did a nice job tackling. Yeah, yes, he did. Golden Tate. And I think it would have been a tough play for him to intercept regardless. But, yeah, he gets his hand on that ball perhaps a fraction of a second early. That's the takeaways that covered up some of the other defensive shortcomings that we saw in previous weeks. No doubt about it. Yeah. And um, one thing, a a positive thing I wanted to bring in today is um, a couple unsung heroes, I think, for the Giants. Uh, One of them is our kicker, Alger Grossas. I can't believe how well he's he's playing this year. Uh, A lot of I know a lot of people were questioning keeping him as a kicker to begin with. I think when we had Mike Nugent and Rosas, it was a decision to make between them. And I always liked Rosas. I like because he's got a, a a great leg. He can kick the ball very far, and I've always liked that. Especially as Giants fans, we know how a great uh, kicker with a great leg is. With Elliott and uh, Graham Gano beating us on those 60-yard field goals, but. Uh, uh, this year he's 23 for 24 with 95.8 percentage, and uh, you know I, I think he's going to be a great kicker for us for a lot of years. And then uh, Corey Coleman, I think, has been a bright spot despite the slant pass he dropped for that could have been a first down, but his kick returns are really giving the Giants some life yeah. on some of these drives. No, and no. that's another thing: the penalties. They, I think, it was on a kickoff return. He had a nice uh, return and. I don't remember. I think it was on that he got a penalty called and had to bring the Giants back again. Yes. No, he, uh-huh. Dylan, no, no question about it. He, he's been a bright spot. Uh, there's added energy, you know, you know, that the team didn't have with kickoff returns. The, the only problem is, as you aptly brought up, that was a crucial – I mean, that was a dart thrown by Eli that was dropped. Well, it's a first down, you know, you know, and as Lance brings up, you know, missed opportunities, missed opportunities. You got to keep drives alive and you don't, this is the NFL. You're not here on scholarships. It's like the game, um, Evan Ingram, when he dropped that, was a fourth and three. Yeah. Went right through his hands. Right right through his hands. I mean, those are plays, Dylan, like I said, you're not on scholarship. You got to make those plays. But as always, my friend, thanks for the call, buddy. Talk to you uh, next time. Well, I mean, that's the difference between continuing a drive and stalling a drive. Yeah. And when they come at opportune moments like that, whether it be in the second half or towards the end of games, you know, the teams that win are the teams that have the players that come through. So there's no doubt about it that all those things add up. I agree with the last call. I think Corey Coleman, he had three returns for 101 yards, provided a nice spark. Wasn't just. On Sunday, it was also in the Bucks game. Yeah, Since no, they have he's been, allowed him to take on a bigger role, he certainly has come through for this team. No, it, again, you, when you are put in, though, to be a receiver, you got to catch the ball. I, like, again, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but this is the NFL. you got to make plays. But, again, a big, a big addition uh, to their uh, return team. Well, and the two penalties, uh, just to 
piggyback off of what the last caller brought up. The Michael Thomas holding call backed up one of Coleman's returns, and then you had Elijah Penny in a legal formation on a special teams play that also took away from two returns. So special teams penalties, defensive penalties, offensive penalties, it was across the board, Russ, and in each of the last four games, the Giants, I put this out on Twitter, have had at least eight penalties. It's been a consistent trend, and now two games of those four, they've had exactly 11 penalties, and you want to say it's one unit? It's not one unit. It's all across the board. It's been on offense, defense, and special teams. Let's go to Alamucci and speak with Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you today? You're on with Russ and Lance. Hey, Russ. Hey, Lance. Uh, Listen, I know we've beaten up the offense enough uh, the past couple days, and and you alluded to it before, Russ, and and so did you, Lance, about the defense. You know, you know, without snacks there and, and, and uh, solidifying the middle, boy, uh, you know, teams are gashing us up the middle. And uh, that's something that needs to be addressed, obviously, in the offseason. Uh, and I know, you know, R.J. McIntosh, B.J. Hill, they're taking their lumps now, and they'll be fine. But also at the middle linebacker position, uh, you know, on, on uh, you know, getting those running backs up the middle. It's just uh, taking a total, total beating. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that. Like I said, the tackling was, was lousy, but the tackling – by I mean, tackling by your second, you got to be able to. You got to be able to make a tackle. It, it, it's it that the two plays that I mentioned before at the end of the first half, Chris, the 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 pass to Goddard, which took him from the thirty-two yeah. to the sixteen, and then two plays later, the touchdown, like which Lance brought out, it was a, a small pass, and they were just breaking tackles. I mean. Like I said, you had less than a buck. I think it was like a buck twenty-four at that juncture left in the game. So it's not just stopping them. You know the clock is with you too. They're playing you and the clock. So all right, you got to do right. is keeping the hell out of the end zone, make them settle for the damn field goal. That's what frustrated me. I, I no, mean, I, I agree. I, I missed I the agree. sense of urgency and, and, uh, on defense. I know you got calls, but Russell Lance, you know, I, there's enough penalties in the game. I get it. But when a game comes down to a holding call. Uh, on Beckham that's so obvious. Why can't they in the offseason? You have three challenges. It's not like you're going to throw, you know, uh, uh, pass interference, uh, you know, a flag on every play. But why can't you use one of those challenge flags and not not saying on a a hold on a running play because that's ridiculous. There's holds all over the place that they don't even call probably that they could. But on a pass interference play downfield or whatever, balls in the air, why can't you use – a flag, a challenge flag on a holding. Well, Chris, I mean that, that's something you're just going to get one, one flag. To that's throw something on, that on, the, on a pass, on a the competition committee thrown or not just well, to eliminate. Well, Chris, 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 because boy, we've seen it more times. Well, than Chris, that, Chris, flags yeah. are thrown and not thrown. Well, Chris, Chris listen, I, I get what you're second. saying. Yeah, it, it's basically the competition committee. It's going to be something that they'll have to discuss. But I know the NFL in previous discussions leans away from allowing judgment calls to be put under the microscope because then you really enter territory that you don't necessarily want to go to. That's a judgment call. That's not like a catch where there's technique involved and everything else and exact written rules. And I don't know if they really want to go down that road. I get what you're saying. If you allowed everybody to have at least one challenge, logistically it can be done. I just don't know if they want to enter the judgment call area with respect to replay. Yeah, because, you know, Chris, and thanks for the call, but you got to understand something else. The part of, when it works against you, yeah, you want to be able to challenge it, but games will take five hours if you start going over penalties. I, I mean, well, yeah, because there's going to be more <laughs> things to look back at, and you're going to elongate games. There's no doubt about it, and that's part of the rationale as to why you know they haven't made rule changes with respect to that. But I will say this time and time again: good teams overcome bad or questionable calls, and. 
yes, was that a critical non-call? It certainly was. But remember, the Eagles then marched down the field, milked the clock, converted on a fourth and two where the Red Sea parted. Nelson Aguilar was wide open in the middle of the field, Russ. He makes that catch. They are able to extend the drive. So the point is, if something doesn't go your way on offense, you have your defense then to make up for it. And the Giants just didn't come through and make the necessary plays. Yeah, you know... What are you gonna deal? What are you gonna do about the adversity that strikes you? You have to deal with it. Again, this is the NFL. It's not Pee Wee football. Let's go to Delaware. Speak with our buddy, Coach Marv. Hey, Coach. It's Russ and Lance. How you doing today? Doing good. How you doing, Russ? Good, good, buddy. What's up, Lance? How you doing, Lance? Doing well, Coach. What's on your mind today? Hopefully, you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Um, Indeed, same to you. Over a few of those things. I got so much that happened this weekend. It's the craziest game. Um, you know, usually I try to go into these games on an even kill, and that's the way I coach games. You know what I mean? You lose them and you win them, but you got to stay even kill. But, man, they put me on the high in the first half. I thought they really would win the game, and it came crushing down. But uh, I believe it was what Russ said. Um, the, the, the turning point of that game was when we went up 19-3. to The Eagles, and me and Russ, and Paul talked about this the week before about the, the offensive line. Their offensive line, I'm not going to say they took our heart because they, our team played. These guys out there, they all play with heart. Can't measure that. But they did take their will. They, they, they really took our will. They ran it down our throats. And they, we knew they was running it from where I was. I could see they was running it. And they could not stop them. And that took the, the momentum. It came with bad tackling. Um, for me, my guys that they tackle, I always tell them, keep your feet. You, today's NFL, too many guys are diving, trying to hit guys with their shoulders. There's no rapping. They're not rapping. Well, and, you know what, Coach? Let me ask you a question as a coach because I was thinking about this as well. Look, it's for about 20 minutes I've been criticizing poor tackling. I don't know if this is an excuse or not. I just wonder. And, and uh, I'm, I'm talking about this specific game, but I wonder if it's around the league because you also see high scoring uh, in, in so many avenues. Are defenders, do you think some of these defenders in the NFL are so gun-shy about certain ways that they do tackle, now they're tackling half-ass? They're, they're you know, fl- flapping at it as opposed to, going at somebody strong. I mean, to me, there's still no excuse for not wrapping your arms around somebody, but I don't know if that makes sense. I'm just wondering, Coach. Yes, yes that does make sense. That, and that's part of it. That's, that, that is part of it, Russ. The, the hard hit in the game today has been taken out of the game. And But those hits, you got to remember, some of those hits were, were using their shoulders, using the helmet, and they blowing up the runner is what they would try to do. So that could be... that part of it. The other part is that the NFL, they don't practice tackling anymore. Yeah. You're right. The Limited time doesn't during allow the them to, to practice tackling anymore. So you, 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 you're telling a person that haven't been hitting another person all week to load up and hit a guy that's weighing 200 and some odd pounds that's running at full speed. You got to have the will and the want to to get in front of that person. So my thing is, there's no perfect pattern. There's some guys that can't get out there and touch. And you was right, Russ. The only one we have is Landon Collins. He is a tackler. Yes. But the rest of them are not great tacklers. And if you watch them, 
a lot of missed tackles, look where their feet are. They're off the ground. Once the guy gets through, the guy's laying on the ground. In my case, I always tell him, you're useless to me if you're laying on the ground. I don't care if he can fight you off and get off the tackle, but stay on your feet, leap to get you a chance to grab a jersey, grab something, hold him up until the other guys can come help you get him down. Well, that goes back so, to leverage and the angle you take when you're also going yeah. after the guy with the ball. I mean, that's another big part of tackling. That, and that is right, because football is based on angles. A lot of things happen based on angles, how you block guys on certain angles to get those holes that you want. And how do you? And, and, and speaking of uh, angles, Rowley, you need a safety. Rowley is a horrible guy when it comes to to uh, angles. If you remember, and everybody's talking about all the calls, all the calls went against both teams, really. But if you remember, there was a big run by Philly that got called back. Yeah, well, that was the touchdown. You're referring to the touchdown. the touchdown, yeah, yeah in the second, first half. It second was play, huge. Second yeah. play there, uh, from scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the look at the angle Riley took on that run. It was horrible. He's the last person between the end zone and the guy running the ball, and it's like he ran right at him rather than taking the best angle to cut him off. And, and, and angling is, is definitely it, Lance. It, you're definitely right, and that's the problem we're having. These guys, they 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 kind of have they took their will. They took their will, and then. Um, Russ, um, what happened on when, the, when we went up 19 and they made it uh, 1911? Yeah. They, because they ran it right down our throat. Not only they did that, they made two two point conversions. Yes. In yeah. that game. And how did they do it? They ran the ball right at us. And it looked like we had no attempt to stop them from making those two point conversions. And then we get the ball, we go down. It is we 1911, and I don't know if it's for sure. He, I, I, I love Eli. That's my man. But sometimes I think he, he gets to play. He knows who the prime receiver is at times, not all the time, at times. And I believe at this time he did. He locked in on that primary receiver. He never scanned that field. He went right at Beckham because when he came out that huddle, he looked at the free read. He knew where he was going, and he loaded up, and he said he's going to squeeze it in there. Hey, he took a chance. He lost at it. But when you do that and you don't score closing out a half, that's demoralizing. Well, especially because of the field position, Coach. I, I think field, that's the big the thing. Field position, and they just score. So i got to get something back. But for me as a coach, when we're in that situation, I, now it's different from them and us because I'm dealing with kids. And I tell him, hey, if it's not there, you've got to check it down. I'm always reminding him of something that's important in certain situations. I give him all the options in those situations. We're in a situation, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enforce myself into this game. And I'm going to say, hey, this is what you're looking for. But if it's not there, either you throw it away, you check it down, but you've got to get rid of it. But don't need the point. I, I emphasize that to him before those, they get out there to play that next play. All right, Coach. Like, okay, guys. Oh, All right, Coach. No, 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 finish, your, finish your statement, Yeah, real, real quick, what else you got? Just real quick, one more thing. Everybody's talking about the special team. They're doing well. Coleman, I would love to see them use Coleman in special plays. Yeah, his hands don't look that good, but come up with some way to get the ball in his hands. Jet, jet runs, uh, uh, wide receiver screens, a reverse 
Because well, if you get him this space, I think he can do some. Well, you, you know what, Coach? Uh, again, thanks. Thanks for the call. But I'm not yeah. going to well. dispute that, buddy. But they did put the ball in his hands, and he dropped it. Well, <laughs> listen. Now, I, I get what I get. What Coach is saying because there are things he does where he looks extremely exciting. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I don't remember. After they scored the, the touchdown at the end of the first half, um, the Eagles, didn't he have a good return to put the Giants in good field position? Well, let's see. The Eagles made it 1911 right. on the ensuing kickoff. Coleman returned it for 46 yards. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so he... He's the one who, we would be having a discussion about well, Eli yeah. and put him in that. Well, that's why I said. I mean, listen, there are so many guys yeah. that have had opportunities to make plays and haven't come through throughout the season to just pin the loss on Coleman. No, I, I'm not. No, I'm and not, I'm not saying you are. I'm just talking about the larger conversation that we're having. I don't think necessarily takes into consideration some of the other mishaps. Plus, you know, I remember in previous games against the Bucks where you know Manning would target Coleman in double coverage. He would then come back to the football and make the catch. Right. To to coach's point, the last caller. I think it was more of Coleman has shown some flashes on offense. Maybe they want to continue to expand his role on offense. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think they've actually tried to get him involved. It's like anything else. You don't get the ball to Barkley enough, fans are going to say, well, why didn't you give the ball to Barkley? You don't get the ball to Coleman enough, people are going to be like, well, why don't you get it to Coleman? There's only one football, and the good news is the Giants have a lot of weapons. You just want to see the execution show up a little bit more consistently. Uh, let's go to uh, Scott, in our buddy Scott in New Mexico. Scott, how you doing today, pal? Good afternoon, guys. How we doing, Scott? What do you got for us? Good. Uh... Uh, Lance, you made a very good point uh, a week or so ago when I was talking to you about how the Giants need to improve, and that's through consistency and continuity. And I'm wondering from this game that we just looked at, uh, I have a sense that this game was sort of mismanaged from the beginning, and I wanted to cite some examples and see if you guys concur. And I'll start with the first touchdown when the Giants decided to go for a two-point conversion. I realized the... uh, uh, opposing team had 12 men on the field, so your ball's on the one line, yard line. But if you kick off uh, an after, you know, a uh, extra point. point after, uh, you're at seven nothing uh, as opposed to six nothing. Despite the fact there was a wide open uh, target and Red Ellison that uh, Eli missed, but you're at seven nothing. So the worst that can happen to you is if Philadelphia goes down the field and scores, you're still tied as opposed to where you were there. Also, the poor use of timeouts, uh, they weren't used effectively, uh, I think, in the second half. And also there's a play that nobody's talking about that I thought was critical, and that was uh, a delay of game penalty on Eli Manning. Uh, I think they had just actually moved the ball for a first down, and they got called for a delay of game. And it's plays like that that sort of put the Giants backwards. Uh, And also... Uh, the big disparity between the number of pass plays and running plays. Uh, obviously, Saquon had a great first half and uh, had almost 100 yards and didn't touch the ball again for only about five touches or so. But they had 37 pass plays and 18 running plays, I believe. There was no continuity, the very point you're addressing about uh, pass versus run. And isn't that the responsibility, really, of the head coach? I'm not trying to put the onus all on him. Uh, I think Russ, you made a great point. Tackling was poor, et cetera, et cetera. But to establish continuity and to establish um, a winning sense, don't you have to have a game plan that really eliminates these kinds of things? Well, Uh, Scott, Scott, let me ask you a question. Sure. They had 346 total yards in the first half. 
Right. You, you were not questioning any continuity in the first half. Okay. Well, uh, no, come Russ, on. Uh, just to answer your point, uh, football is a zero-sum game. It's about wins and losses, not about how many yards no, you no, accumulate. No, no, no. But l- yeah. listen, they, they were up 19-3 until late in the first half. I, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on the two-point conversion because you know what? I like. Uh, to me, if I and I'm not a head coach, and these guys have forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. I like seeing right. that aggressiveness. I didn't have a problem with that at the one-yard line. They missed the play. The guy guy was wide open because you know what? If he makes it, we're all sitting there. Wow! Then they went up eight nothing, and if the team comes back and scores a touchdown, uh, you're still up by a point. So you, you can look at that. That's nickel and diming. I happen to agree with you, uh, Scott, on the uh, you know the, the the delay of game and somebody use uh, then Eli called a timeout on third and eighteen. I get right. that. I get that. But you know what? You're trying to make a play. I, the, the second half fell apart. That's what it was. Well, and they wound up losing by three. So even if you give them that point, you still wind up losing. It's a 25-23 game if you look at the game as a whole. I want to get to your point, Scott, and and I brought this up earlier about, you know, maybe the ability to run the football in the second half. And I understand what you're saying, and I've always said this. Your ideal ratio should be 50-50, which is not going to happen all the time, or it should be very close. You don't want to see such a wide disparity like we saw at the end of the game when you look at the whole box score. But just to get to your point, Scott, if you look at the possessions of the second half, and I was talking about down and distance, down and distance I don't think allowed the Giants to run the football, and that's why there were not enough at-bats to use a parallel to baseball, enough opportunities. First possession of the second half, Scott. So first down from their own 10. They ran it with Barkley for three. Then on the very next play, Eli Manning gets sacked. He loses 11 yards. So now you're faced with a third and 18. Now they ran the ball on third and 18, but you run the ball on third and 18, you know you're not picking up the first down. So there's an opportunity. It's not ideal for running the football. Okay, the next possession, Scott, they ran the ball. This was the one where Barkley was on the sideline which right. people are criticizing, but Wayne Goldman picked up 12 yards on the first two plays. So it wasn't right, the did. fact that Barkley wasn't on the field. Okay, so you pick up 12 yards with Goldman. You're facing a first down at your own 37. Then Nate Solder gets hit with a false start. So now it's a first and 15. Yeah, you can argue maybe you could have run it on there, but they decided they want to gain some of the yardage back. That's the pass to Coleman, and Coleman doesn't come through with it. So now it's second and 15. They decide to run it. And then Jamon Brown gets called for offensive holding. So it was this domino effect where there weren't great opportunities to run the football. And when they were even thinking about running it, they got moved backwards because of penalties. What was the time of possession, Lance? For the, I, I, time the, of possession for the whole game? For the whole talking, game. The whole game. I think the Eagles had it for about five more minutes than the Giants. And, and, the, and so basically they had it ten more minutes in the second half because the Giants had like Correct, a because the Giants advantage. had an I think it was 12.05, a 17.05 in time to I think 12. To 12, I think you're right about that. In, yeah. In the oh, first it flipped half. dramatically. But that gets back to my point, Russ, and related to what Scott is talking to us on the phone. You did not have long drives in the second half. You had a lot of three and outs. You had penalties. So if you're not milking the clock and you're not having the ball in your possession, it's impossible to maintain that edge in time of possession. So, Scott, continuing my point, then you get the third possession. They took over on their own 22. Eli Manning threw an incomplete pass to Beckham. So now it's second and 10. And you throw it again to Shepard, incomplete pass. You're faced with a third and 10. You know you're not going to run the football. And Eli Manning gets sacked. So that's three possessions right there. Third and longs did not present the opportunity to run the football. And that's why you got that big disparity compared to what we saw with balance in the first half. All right, Scott. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks. You got it. Thanks for weighing in. Remember, down in distance and 
how effective your drives are is going to dictate play calling, Russ. It goes hand in hand. And Pat Shermer did mention that when he spoke to the media on Monday. But I think it's important for people to understand, yes, they could have easily continued to feed the ball to Saquon Barkley. And they did run the ball with Goldman, and they ran the ball with Barkley a few times early in downs. But when you get faced with a third and 15 and a third and 18, you tell me the percentages of picking up a first down if you run the ball with Barkley on those plays. Highly unlikely it's going to happen. The time of possession uh, for the Eagles was 32-38 to 27-22. So about a five-minute differential right there. Now think about that. You know... They had the ball, boy, a lot more in the second half. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, look at the They, they had a 20, 20 minutes to 10 in the second half, just about. Well, Russ, these were the possessions for the Giants in the second half. Three plays, negative four yards, 214. Five plays, two yards, 222. Three plays, negative 10 yards, 57 seconds. The only productive one that milked some clock was that last one where Eli threw it to Odell Beckham in the end zone. They settled for a field goal. Eight plays, 56 yards, 422. So basically, all of their 56 yards of productivity came on that fourth possession for the Giants in the second half. Everything else was, we're talking about hovering around the minute and a half to two minutes of clock. You know, I'm annoyed with myself because I wanted to ask our buddy Coach Marr from Delaware a question. And now I remember what I wanted to ask him. It's um, We could hash it out here. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) It's just... You just wonder, uh, to me, about the tackling situation. I know we brought it up about um, it, it is the lack of, you know, because people are gun-shy on defense. But, like, to me, the more important than that was what do we say in, in all kinds of sports? In particular, you know what? You, you say it a lot in, in, um, in baseball with pitchers and, and, and batters making adjustments. You say it a lot in football. And in football, in the second half, the Eagles made the adjustments. The Eagles made the adjustments, and they didn't. Well, and the Eagles also won the battle in the trenches. Look at that drive. When I mentioned they went seven plays, 61 yards. They ran the ball on six of those plays. You're going to tell me the Giants didn't realize they were running the football? The Eagles basically said to themselves, Russ, we're running the football. They know we're running the football. We're still going to run the football. So... To your point, they made the toughness adjustments, the execution adjustments. They were by far the better team over the final two quarters. In terms of the missed tackling, I don't think it's necessarily players being gun-shy because I don't remember as a result of those missed tackles, it was an opportunity for a guy to be laid out, Russ. It was a matter of the Giants players were in position, to your point. It was just a matter of bad angle, not good leverage, not being able to wrap them up. I think you're... Bingo, not wrapping them up. Because while I'm making that as an excuse, that's basically, that's tackling one-on-one, wrapping a guy up. And they just didn't wrap the guys up. But it was also, at what juncture of of the first half, it was less than a buck and a half left in that first half. Uh, What time was it, Lance, on that um, Goddard play? You talk about the play before Zach Ertz got the touchdown? Yes. Well, Let's see. I technically that made two it two plays before. Two plays, correct. But it was right before. 19-11, that pass to Goddard was with a minute 55 remaining oh, in the second okay. quarter. Okay, you follow what I'm saying? I mean, you're, you're under two minutes. They're going up against your defense, plus they're working against the clock. So you got the clock kind of helping you on defense. Not kind of. It's helping you. Make the tackles. Don't let them into the end zone. Make them stop the clock. Make them spike the ball. Make them settle for the field goal. Well, and that 
that drive that you're referring to, Giants were up 19-3. Eagles got the ball back with just over four minutes to go in the second quarter. They went six plays, 75 yards in just over three minutes. Yeah. So it was a relatively quick drive, and it wasn't so much running the football. It was a lot of Carson Wentz just throwing the ball. He got a 24-yard pass to Ertz. He got a nine-yard pass to Jeffrey, but that was called back as a result of offensive holding. Then he went back to Jeffrey for 11. B.W. Webb was called for defensive pass interference, so that also helped move the chains, so not just missed tackling penalties. And then Goddard, 16. They ran it for a yard, and Ertz, a short pass, maneuvers around a number of defenders, gets into the end zone. So it was actually a lot of damage through the air for the Eagles, much more so than the drive we saw in the second half that I was referring to where they ran it six of the seven plays. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, you, you, sometimes you talk about carryovers from the game. You know, the Giants, what, what was the, they had a 17-point lead at one point against the Bucks. And They were up comfortably. And yeah. they were up comfortably. And then, you know, Jameis Winston came in and shredded, you know, the secondary. It, was that a carryover from the last game? Because, you know, so was, it was, was it a bad quarter? Then you had a good first half and then two bad quarters again. I well, don't know. I think what it gets back to is, Russ, what I raised earlier in the show. We've seen at times throughout this season where the Giants have had missed tackling, have not been able to execute, and in games where they've taken the ball away, I think it's easier for us to avoid having those conversations because it changes field position so much. I mean, go back to that Bucks game that you're referring to. The final score was 38-35. to that was way too close for comfort. Oh, well, if question. the Bucks, Russ, have a little bit more time and Jameis Winston doesn't go for the desperation throw and B.W. Webb doesn't get the interception, who's to say that maybe the Bucks don't move the ball down the field and get in field goal range? Yeah. So that was not a clean-cut defensive, well-played game. It was just you took away opportunities from the Bucks to get into the end zone when they were moving the football. And that's why I go back to takeaways are convenient but they're also fluky, meaning if they don't happen consistently every game, how does your defense come to play, Russ, in a game where you don't have takeaways? We just saw that this past Sunday. They had no takeaways. They had to rely on the X's and O's making the stops. Those stops were not made consistently. The opposing team cashed in and won the football game. And that's why I'm saying it's no coincidence the three wins that the Giants have this season, it's been games where the defense has been opportunistic for the most part. Games where it's not opportunistic, you see somewhat of the true colors of this unit. Again, uh, folks, got to remind you all that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to our buddy in Columbia, Maryland, Len. Len, how are you today, my friend? Good, good, good. Still suffering from that loss on Sunday. I'm but sure you are. I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in there. I'm starting to get ready for the Bears. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you know, Russ, I share your frustration on the tackling. Uh, and it's just, you know, you say to yourself, come on, you ought to be able to make that tackle. I, I want to try to make a couple of points. We, and, and I'm not knocking the trade, um, but we really miss Harrison in the middle of, the, of that line. Well, you, if you're going to run, if you're going to run a three-four defense, you got to have a nose tackle who can tie up, who can tie up that center, and require double teams, particularly when you're playing an All-Pro center like Kelsey with the Eagles on Sunday. Tackling becomes 
And a 3-4 defense tackling becomes tougher when you don't have that nose tackle tying up the middle of that line. Well, well you know he, he makes everybody be- – he made everybody better. You, now, again – but hang on a second, Len. I, I'm not going to argue with you because you we we touched on this with Len here uh, last week, um, Lance. The, the the point being, as we stated last week, they got some young players. They got to see what they can do, and you know whether you or I like it or not, right. that, that's the mindset. They got to see what they yeah. can do because. I don't think he was going to be in their game plan for whatever it was financially. Oh, oh, I agree season. with you, Russ. So, I agree so with then, you. I'm just saying on that type, we got to see yeah. what these guys can do. Yeah, yeah. I agree well, but Len, Len, and here's, here's the other the thing, Len. on defense gets tougher. Well, and let's take Harrison's name out. Take Harrison out of there. You, you just any, you know, you need a nose tackle. That's the key spot for me on a on a on a on a three four defense to tie up that tie up that middle of the line. Well, Len, it frees Ogletree. It 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 frees. Len, I, I don't disagree yeah. with you. I, I think one though, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson is a natural nose tackle guy based on what he did in college. So now they want to give him the opportunity Dude. to get his feet wet. Yeah. I mean, that was a big reason yeah. behind the trade, and, and we don't need to yeah. revisit that. I think that was clear. But the other thing that I wanted to mention, and, and I'm not saying that they're not missing Snacks' presence. But yeah. let's not overlook the fact, Len, this defense struggled to stop the run even when Snacks was here. And, and that's important to note. While Snacks' presence would have made a difference, Snacks was here for that Saints game. Look at what Alvin Kamara yeah, did. Yeah, okay, Snacks okay. was there. I, I mean, Snacks I, was there I, for I, the Panthers. I, I, Look at I what do McCaffrey hear, I do did. I hear that. I so, just feel like there, there is a, a – well, uh, you, you know, you made a good point, Lance. What I was going to say next was that, you know, you just look at these last three games and there is a difference. I mean, there is a difference in the play of the defense. Well, the, well, the, the reason thing- why there's a difference, Len, is if I'm an offensive coordinator, I've brought this up multiple times, and I'm not saying that they're doubling Olivier Vernon because I don't think there's enough evidence to prove that, but if I'm just going throughout the week and I'm looking at the Giants' defensive personnel, so I'm the right. OC of the Bears this week, I'm Mark Helfrich, and I'm saying to myself, who am I worried about on the Giants' defensive line? Who concerns me? The first name that comes to mind, let's face it, is Vernon. Whether he's been disruptive or not, just based on his record and his resume, that's the guy. Whereas when Snacks was here, you'd have to think about Snacks and Vernon. Now there's not as many guys that you have to think about because you have a lot of youth on that defensive line and guys that are unproven. So just from a schematic standpoint, I don't think offensive coordinators are saying to themselves, we've really got to change who we give attention to now that Snacks is out on the field. I think that's the biggest dramatic change. Yeah. Now the the other. Can I, I want to go back. Yes, I, I agree with you, Lance. And let me let me go back to the tackling part of it. You know, we're talking about that big second year tight end from South Dakota State. Which got it? Was that his got name? It. Got Lance? it. Yeah, you got yeah. it. And of course, with Ertz, these are two hundred and sixty pound guys, and you got these little defensive backs. Of course, defensive. They're all little compared to guys like that. Right. I, I mean, the ta- in the open field, the tackling gets. It gets. I mean, it gets a little tougher. You really, you really got to want. You really got to want to do it. Len, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go Len, ahead. I get you on that, but some of that stuff was just basic. I mean, as Lance said before, you're right. I mean, they didn't even slow him down. It was like flailing at him. It, it was not yeah. trying to wrap around. I, I agree with you. Well, well, if, if you're a 260-pound tight end and a guy's coming at you at 200 yard, you know, 200 pounds, that's a big advantage. But this was not the case. This was like flailing at him. It, it yes. was like, you know, playing patty yeah. cake. It was not good tackling. 
But, but you, I, well, I agree. Right? I mean, you can't get away from that as a line. And I'm not trying to explain it away. I'm just t- trying to make a couple of points here. Let me, let me try to make one more on the, on the, on the tackling idea. Um, if you ask any defensive back, any, let's, let's start with the corners. If you ask any cornerback, what's your job? They're not going to mention tackling. I mean, it, it, you know, we, I can ask the question in another way. It, how, does a, how does a corner get to the Pro Bowl? He doesn't get there because he tackles. He gets there because he does something else. And I think that's part of the mindset. Those D-backs have to really – you've got to find the D-backs who want to who wanna tackle. Well, you know who what? want to incorporate that into their game. There's a lot of them, Russ, that don't want to do that. Well, uh, um, Landon Collins wants to do that. And you know what? Co- yeah. Coach Marvin brought up a good point before – Len, uh, he's, he's like you, a good frequent caller. Uh, yeah, yeah, I listen to him when he calls. Yeah. He's, he's good. Yeah, yeah he, right. he brought up the same kind of points. It, it's, they don't practice tackling anymore. It, it, it's, no. it's like, no, really, they don't. It, it's yeah, a completely I, different I mindset. I, yeah. Well, Len, what you're pointing to is it reminded me of a play we were talking about earlier when they threw the bubble screen to Golden Tate and Grant Haley went right at him. You know, those are the types of plays you want to see out of your corner. Forget whether or not he should have made the interception. He attacked the football, and he went to bring the guy down. And I remember when Prince was here, who coincidentally the Giants are going to see this weekend because he's on the Bears. Prince was known to be a guy that was willing to tackle. So you're right. It reminds me of, I'll give you the best parallel is in the NBA or just in basketball in general. It's hard to teach guys to play defense Defense. or rebound. You know, Dennis Rodman, the reason why I have a great deal of respect for him, and it's not just because I'm a Bulls guy, okay? We don't have to get off topic. The guy, he knew, I'm going to go out there every day, I'm going to do the dirty work. Well, you you know what, let let, let me... That's what he wanted to do, and you didn't have to remind him or teach him how to do that. I I don't want to make this, but you'll appreciate this, Len, I don't want to make this a basketball kind of topic. I remember sitting down, let him rest in peace with the great Chuck Daly when he was coaching the Nets, and I was asking about Dennis Robin when he was with the Pistons. Okay. And, and Riley, uh, Daly said, Chuck goes, you know what kind of advantage that is when you got five guys, he's one of them, and all he wants to do is play defense. Yeah. I mean, you love that. Rebounds. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's all good. he wanted <laughs> yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah. So that that's, yeah. and that's your point, Len. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. You need guys yeah. that want to do that. No doubt well, about guys it. Guys who want to do that, who want to make that play. And yeah. it's not, I, and a lot of those defensive backs, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make, it's not in their mindset. I mean, it's almost, you look up the definition of a cornerback and there's a picture of Deion Sanders there. I mean, you know, he intercepts the pass and he runs it back or he knocks it down. That's how you get to the Pro Bowl. That's how you the get to the Hall plays. of Fame. It's not from your, you know, it's, it, it's not from your tackling. One other quick point. Um, you, you know, on, you don't have to make 60 plays. The defense doesn't have to make 60 plays. You just got to make a couple a game, you know? I mean, you got to tip a ball. Uh, it, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, the Eagles didn't make a whole heck of a lot of plays on defense on Sunday. Are you still with me? Yeah, no, well, no, 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 listen, go ahead. Well, I would say they, yeah, yeah, they okay. made, they they made, they made the necessary plays, plays in the Jenkins second half, not in the first plays. half. Those were the two big plays. Jenkins made them both. On the, in the first period on that two-point conversion play, he made a great play. How he figured out they were going to Penny, you got me, because if you ask Jenkins, if he, Jenkins was honest with you, Jenkins would say, you know what, I probably should have been covering Ellison. He gambled. He went after. He made a great play. Well, that's it, why he goes. It, to, it, it, that's it, why he goes to the Pro Bowl. But isn't that and, some... and also on the interception on Eli's pass? That, those are the only two. 
defensive plays the Eagles made. I mean, we didn't make any. You, you, you referenced it, Lance, early on. You said, yeah, they, they had three sacks, but they, they really weren't impact sacks. I mean, the Eagles got up off the ground and ran a play and gained yardage on well, the next play. What the Eagles did, as we said before, uh, Len, as always, buddy, thanks for calling. Yeah, appreciate the call. Sure. They, they, um, they made adjustments also, though. They made adjustments in that second half, and that's why you saw the turnaround. I wanted to bring something up with you, uh, Lance. I haven't done this. I've been in this business 35 years. I have, I've never done this, but I've, I started to do it this year, and, and it's gotten under my skin. Some of the, the analysts, some, and I'm not even talking about the play-by-play guys. I'm talking about the analysts who are the ex-NFLers. You know, guys who played the game. And, and like, I want to ask all of them, when you played, did everything you do, was it perfect on every play? <laughs> like, I want to ask, like, Booger McFarlane, who is, quite frankly, unlistenable. I, I mean, I'm listening. I'm watching a Monday night game last night. It was the Titans and Texans, and he's talking about what the Jaguars and the... Um, uh, Buffalo Bills? No, no, Jaguars and the, and the um, Packers had to do. You know, okay. he, so he was saying he was saying he was talking about Mike McCarthy. Packers need a new voice. Uh, yeah, I think maybe Monday Night Football needs a new voice and, and put a sock <laughs> in in uh, Booker's mouth. But during the Gi- the Giants Eagles game, Chris Spielman, who was a hell of a good football player, Rick Spielman's brother, by the way, who's the GM of the Vikings. But you know, he was not perfect. If I if I recall, he was not flawless. Like n- nor is anybody flawless. But he he was bringing up a point though. Remember on the fourth down play, and, and Brenneman, to his credit, said, well, wait a minute, is this at least not worth a discussion? Because um, Spielman was going, no, they got to go for it. The Eagles, what do they got to lose? You, so you're talking about the play to Nelson Aguilar that I was yeah, referencing I got, earlier. The yeah. fourth down. What do they got to lose? That's right. What do they have to lose? It's fourth down. They got nothing to lose. They're four and six. Spielman, what do they have to lose? They were four and six. Okay? They're now five and six. They had plenty to lose, whether the play happened to work out, because you know what? They're one game out of first place. And I'll tell you what. The Saints are playing the Cowboys on Thursday night, and the Eagles are playing the Redskins on Sunday. There's a good chance the Eagles are going to be in a three-way tie for first place. So there was plenty at stake on that play. I mean, some of these guys, it's like, do you just want to make a name for yourself? It, it's it's becoming stupid. Well, I think there was certainly risk involved in that play. It's yeah. funny because Jeff Eagles and I, we were getting ready to do the post game, and we were talking about the same thing. And when the Eagles were facing that, I said, hmm. I think Peterson's going to go for it. And and the reason being is that's just Doug's MO. Well, exactly. Yeah, the Eagles all of last season, they did it against the Giants in that game when Elliott hit that enormous field goal. He'd love to go for it on fourth down. And I said to myself, regardless of what's on the line here, Russ, Fourth and one, you have an opportunity to milk the clock, keep the Giants' offense off the field, even though you know, you're know you right around midfield and you give the Giants great field position. I felt he's definitely going to go for it. Well, that's but there still was risk because, like I said, they don't convert that. You give the Giants the ball right around midfield. Now there's 239 left. I believe the Eagles pretty much still had all three of their timeouts, but you, just, you don't know how things are going to play out. All I'm saying is to make the point that what do they got to lose – 
there was a whole lot to lose. There was a lot on the line, given you, the you, fact that nobody's running away with the division. You know, and, and is, is that's the bigger point. You know, you bring out an interesting point about Peterson, which that could take us back to you know the first touchdown where uh, Pat Sherman went for it for the two point conversion. I don't mind if a coach is aggressive. I always said I like seeing that. You know, Peterson, you, you're great with that. You were great with that. He, that's his M.O. He likes going for it. And you know what? Sometimes it's going to bite him on a keister. But sometimes he's going to make it. And if you're a fan of the Eagles, that's what helped get you to the Super Bowl last year. That's what helped win you a Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So I, I can't be critical of, of that kind of thinking. And I can't be critical of our own coach. If your own coach thinks like that. It's always... Applause when they make it happen, and it's only you're a knucklehead when you don't make it happen. The result always <laughs> That's influences it. the personal feelings. There's I, I, no I, doubt about I that. I mean, that is it. If Eli throws it to Red Ellison and they get it, the conversation oh. is completely different. Oh, what a great decision. Now, personally, Russ, I, I'm a little bit different than you. I don't like chasing points when it's that early in the game. That's fair. So that, that's, that's where fair I always enough. stand. Now, for example, when they did it in the Niners game, I understood Pat Shermer's rationale. You know, based on the logic, you have a chance to win, but that's a little bit later in the game. First drive of the game, I'm not a fan of chasing points. So that that's always that's just my personal feeling. But I think, and Shermer even admitted this, Russ, if they don't get penalized, the Eagles, and they get they would have had the ball at the two for the two point conversion. I think, I don't want to quote him, but I believe he indicated, because I think somebody asked him a follow-up question, either at Sunday's press no, or Monday. He, he, he said, I'm going to kick the extra no, point. No, the that. only reason why he went for two was uh, because they said, listen, they're giving us the ball at the one, and I'm sure his logic is, Russ, I've got a bunch of professionals that yeah, played football it. for years. I'm a, it's asking too much for them no, to uh, move the ball one yard and to get I, it in. And so to, to, to take that one step further, he's telling us, guys, I believe in you. He, he You know, listen. There was nothing wrong, as we said, there was nothing wrong with their offense in that first half. It's, they, they had 346 yards. Are you kidding me? It was the most since 1980, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it was quite some time. It, it, it was quite some time. It's, uh, look, it was a lousy second half. It was a lousy ending. It, you know, if you ask me, this kind of loss, this loss was worse than the loss in Carolina. Because this one, they had the lead from the get-go. It was all good. As opposed to a back-and-forth yeah, type you, of you affair. Follow, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just, you know, and it's the same thing with the, the bad interception. If, if it's not an interception and Eli makes the connection, whoa, baby! It's just, in fairness to Eli, what the public has made, and you know what? I'm not even putting this on the fans. I'm really putting it on the media. I'm putting it on the local media. Eli is not allowed to make a mistake. That's the way it is. It was, he had a respite for two games. Here we go again. He's not allowed to make a mistake. The minute he makes a mistake, all hell breaks loose. And all right, we, got, we have to find a replacement, which really is not fair. And for a guy who's given his heart and soul it, you know, for 15 years, it's disrespectful. But having said that, folks, that is a wrap on today. Our thanks to our illustrious producer, Dave Dominic. Uh, to my buddy here, Lance Meadow. I'm Russ Salzberg. And always, last but not least, thank you to you, the fans, because without you, we'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until tomorrow, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell. See ya. Have a good one.